Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. connect but michael please uh, take it away the road to wandavision um all right well uh first thing to know uh, i know a lot of people were concerned earlier in the week because they thought the runtime of wandavision was going to be very very short i know that like the first three episodes that have been released are about 30 minutes with credits but that is because it is very much based on a sitcom format 30 and minutes Kevin Feige- 30 30 minutes minutes each, 30 minutes each, uh, because it's very much based on a sitcom format. Um, But as the story expands, Kevin Feige revealed that the runtime will also alter. So much like Mandalorian, where each week we didn't know whether we were going to get a 30 minute episode, a 50 minute episode, seems like it's going to fall. I had a friend like text me frantically. He was like, they're so short. I'm not I'm I'm upset. And I'm like, "Eh, it's fine. Uh, But we thought what we would do is kind of go through uh, the MCU a little bit. Uh, stuff that most of you guys know, but kind of fun to review, kind of go through like what is uh, Wanda and Vision's story through the MCU and then touch on some of the comic stuff as well. So if you are in- so interested to do uh, a couple things that you can watch leading up to this, uh, you can dive in starting with Avengers Age of Ultron, where we actually meet both Wanda and Vision uh, and uh, some important things to discuss here. Uh, we meet Wanda and her brother Pietro in a a Sokovian Hydra facility at the beginning of the movie where they've both been experimented on by Loki's scepter, uh, which he got in the first Avengers movie, which contains the Mind Stone, uh, one of the Infinity Stones. Uh, And then the Avengers stop, uh, stop Baron Von Strucker and the Hydra agents. They get the scepter take it back to Avengers Mansion, start experimenting on it, where Tony and Bruce inadvertently create Ultron. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ultron teams up with Wanda and Pietro. They become the bad guys of the movie. Meanwhile, Ultron builds himself a brand new body to download himself into using the Mind Stone, which becomes Vision. Uh, And then by the end of the movie, Vision and Wanda both switch teams. Wanda, in the first of several tragedies for her in the MCU, loses her brother Pietro, uh, becomes an Avenger, 
and Vision ultimately kills Ultron. So those are the key things. I will say, uh, Age of Ultron, I think I'm not the only one. Uh, one of my lesser watched Marvel movies as I go and rewatch things and in revisiting it uh, because WandaVision was coming up and because this, look, it is definitely an overstuffed movie. Uh, you can tell that it almost, you can see why it almost killed Joss Whedon, but... Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff, and a lot of it, especially knowing where these characters go, uh, seeing the origins of both Wanda and Vision uh, is interesting. Uh, you know, Wanda has a lovely accent that disappears very quickly by the time we get to Civil War. But uh, yeah, anything that you guys, any favorite moments from this uh, Age of Ultron for you guys? Any any big things that stand out for both uh, Wanda's story or Vision's story for you guys? Well, I think I'll actually go back to, is it Winter Soldier? Where mm. we see them pop, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch pop up in one of the stingers. Yeah. Very, um, very, yeah, that is true. We do see Wanda uh, in the post credit sequence of Winter Soldier. Good call. Yeah. I mean, you see Strucker uh, talking about the, uh, the, you know, now's the age of miracles and that, how these twins have, uh, have endured these, these tests, these scientific tests that they've been, or experiments that they've been put through through the scepter. And yeah. you see, uh, Quicksilver not really able to control his speed, just sort of you know bouncing off this padded cell, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen looking very kind of you know uh, uh, culted out with this expression floating these cubes, and it was it was uh, along with Winter Soldier just being a fantastic movie, you got so excited for what was coming after it. It's like oh boy, the 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 you know the table the, the things have shifted. If these people are now the adversaries. And right. I agree with you about Age of Ultron. I mean, yes, it's to sit down and watch Age of Ultron in one sitting, it is a lot. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun to watch it in pieces. That's what I've done the last, you know, two times that I decided to put on Age of Ultron is I'll watch it for about, I'll watch it about half, for about half an hour. And there is a lot of great stuff. I mean, yes, Elizabeth Olsen's accent, maybe not the strongest. And <laughs> I don't think she full on Halle Berry's it in X-Men. Where it just vanishes. I think she she tries to hold on to a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. But she does a great job. I mean, that scene with her and um, Ultron after Quicksilver has died, where she rips, you know, rips his sort of mechanical heart out. I mean, you you see the power that resides in this character, and you hope that her new her new teammates are going to be able to get to her better angels. To be like, yeah. this is someone who can really mess up our world, so we have to teach her how to do things right. And going into Civil War, seeing so, you how know, she's sort of what what kickstarts the movie. Um, yeah, I thought I think they've done a really really great job with Scarlet Witch thus far. Yeah, I Johnny, agree. Yeah, I think Elizabeth Olsen has been great in the role. You know, we we oh, first were introduced to her through independent films you know and she is related to mary kate and ashley and you know you're like what's what are we going to get from elizabeth is this going to be you know like a thing and nothing against those two ladies they built an empire but they weren't really known for being incredible actresses so you wonder what you were going to get and elizabeth really stepped forward and showed this is a whole new uh, kind of talent coming on to and she's really been in control uh, of herself as an actress throughout her yeah. career so to see her step into wanda you know uh, Wanda Maximoff, Scar uh, Scarlet Witch, this is a woman that is very powerful, deceptively more powerful than people think. And we see, we've saw flashes of that 
throughout the MCU movies since she's been introduced. I mean, when she fights Hawkeye, when they're trying to keep her uh, there in, in the in the uh, in the house there in Civil War, when she fights uh, uh, when she fights Thanos in Infinity War, like just so much about all of that. You saw what she could do with her powers, what she could do with the character as well. Her the connection with Vision, of course, we know from the comics. All of that coming into live action right. and seeing that coming, all of that has been very rich to explore. And they haven't had that much screen time, but they've been able, because they're both very good actors, to make you believe this relationship, the tenderness of this relationship, so that when Vision died in front of her eyes, you understood why she was devastated. And it makes sense when we go into WandaVision why she's having such a hard time dealing with death. As, my, as you alluded to, Michael, this is a woman that in the MCU has been dealt quite a lot of tragedy to deal with, even though she's not considered necessarily one of the main characters of the MCU just yet, like Black Widow would be. She's moving into that position, yeah. I think, with WandaVision, and I'm excited for that. But as far as favorite, I think it's the fight with Thanos. When she says, oh, you took something, you took one of the greatest things from my life and, and what she does to him and how close she comes to absolutely slash, smashing him into, into little pieces shows you the breadth of power this woman has. So that, that to me was one of my favorite moments for sure overall. Uh, and the, the, the conversations between them in the bedroom uh, when they were in, I can't remember what European city Edinburgh. they were. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, yeah, when they were in Scotland there. But like the, the connection and conversation they had, yeah. very sweet stuff. So yeah, well, those are the things that I look forward to here. More yeah, on. and I think, and I think that, um, you know, I think what what they did a really good job. You guys are both right. Uh, you know, just jumping into Civil War a little bit. Uh, they don't have a ton of screen time together. Um, right. But when you really look at where they chose to put them together, they built a really great arc over four movies. And Marvel's done this really good. They did it really good with Nebula and Guardians of the Galaxy. They take a character that uh, doesn't have necessarily a huge role in a movie, but over the course of multiple movies, really builds it out to something really emotional. And in Civil War, most of the Vision and Wanda arc surrounds this connection between them. They have a lovely scene in the kitchen at Avengers Mansion where they talk about... Right. Uh, both of them sort of being outsiders, both of them sort of being tied to this Mind Stone. Like they hit the Mind Stone beat again. And, you know, they do a really good job because as Shannon implied, you know, at the beginning, uh, Civil War opens up in Lagos where Scarlet Witch's powers kind of cause this big tragedy. She kills yeah. a bunch of Wakandan humanitarians. So she's sort of the reason that these Sokovia Accords get kicked off in the first place. She's on lockdown. Vision's with her trying to make her feel comfortable. They have a really beautiful scene where he's talking about Paprika. He's a horrible cook. He tries his best. <laughs> yeah. They do a really nice job in very few scenes with Paul Bettany. Uh, I think if there's that. There's the beginning where he kind of comes through the wall and she's like, I thought we talked about this using the door. Like for a little screen time, they sort of get really cute back and forth between the two of them where you see that they're both a little bit outsiders. And then what's great about Civil War, then they obviously, because it's a great thing to do with these two characters, they put them on opposite sides. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wanda goes with Cap. Vision is very clear on the fact that like, this is just going to keep escalating. We need to stop it now. He goes with Tony. The two of them fight in Germany, but yeah. then at the end of the fight, uh, after everything kind of goes haywire, the last beat we really get with the two of them, for the most part, uh, is them just apologizing to each other. Yeah. That even though they were on opposite sides of this, even though they fought, they're together. And then as Johnny said, then we like jump to Infinity where we, where we see them in Edinburgh and like you get from what uh, Black Widow says a little bit later, they're still on opposite sides of this. Like mm -hmm. Wanda has been off on the run with Cap and Falcon and Black Widow. Vision has 
been chilling at the Avengers Mansion. Like, he's still on Team Tony. But the two of them have kind of gone off, done their own thing, seeing each other in secret. He's like, let's not go back. Let's stay together. Obviously, Thanos and the gauntlet and everything gets in the way of that. And then we get, again, we hit the Mind Stone beat again. Like, Thanos wants the stones. Vision is like, he can't get this stone. Y'all need to kill me. And the only one that can kill me is Wanda. And so you see how through all of these movies, they keep taking these two characters that are really uh, emotionally tied together and find ways to put them against each other over and over again. Which leads to Infinity War, uh, where Wanda then, the end, where Wanda then has to tragically kill Vision to prevent Thanos from getting the stone, which he instantly reverses and then kills Vision again, which is just heartbreaking. Uh, and then we, I'll get to I'll get to an Endgame in a minute, but Shannon, what were you about to say? Well, no, I was going to say with Civil War, like, you can tell she knows, like, I, I'm I'm too powerful. Like, when yeah. Roth is showing them in Civil War, all the destruction that they have done, and obviously none of them are happy about it. Like, Sam Wilson has a great, has a great take after watching what happened in D.C. It's different with Wanda's. Yeah. It's different because she was legit. She was the direct, what she did directly resulted and people dying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you you get to that scene, that awesome scene with Vision, Hawkeye, and Scarlet Witch, where where Hawkeye comes and Vision, Paul Bettany has a great as as Hawkeye is trying his best. And he's just like he, he gets him in that chokehold, and he's just like, Clint, you can't beat me. And he's like, I know, but she can. Yeah. It's and a great moment. It's yeah. so so awesome. And then going into Infinity War, when Thanos dusts everybody. The, the reactions that everyone has, it's pretty much a, a pain or shock. Yeah. Doctor Strange has, he, he sort of resigns himself to be like, all right, let's see if this plan that I have is going to work. Wanda's is relief. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, that, it's that feeling of, thank, like, one, the one person that I care about is gone. Yeah. And also, I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah, and, and I don't have to deal with the grief of their loss. So the, absolutely, it's a complete relief to die in that moment. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, and then, as Johnny was saying before, you get to Endgame. She's not in the movie for the majority of it because yep. she's been dusted. But when she comes back, I mean, we've talked about this before on the show. Like, we've we've had a year between movies and the Avengers have had five years since the dusting. Like, everyone's still moving on. She shows back up. The last thing, to Shannon's point, the last thing that she remembers is her love dying in her arms. And she is pissed. And Kevin Feige has come out and confirmed the fact that, like, had they not put those cannons from the ship on on everybody, like, she's so powerful. She was about, it took, Captain Marvel couldn't do it. Like, Tony had to sacrifice his life. Like, Scarlet Witch's power levels are so high, she could have taken Thanos down. Like, she could have done it. Uh, and she's pissed and she's upset. And um, and then aside from like a nice little moment with her and Hawkeye at the end yeah. where she's saying like, I think, you know, they 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 know, they know. Black Widow, you know, uh, Black Widow and uh, and Vision know what happened. It's and nice, last- but it's also, it's also melancholic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that that is not, you know, she, it's almost, not that she um, is not happy about being brought back, but it's like, right. okay, I'm brought back to what? Yeah, well, I got, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, you know, um, yeah, I say this like, you know, understanding our situations, brother, Shannon, but like you just don't know what that post-life is going to be like and you navigate it day to day. So, yes, they have that moment, but that doesn't mean that moment exists every day. 
So and that's what I think is so great about WandaVision. It's really going to be an exploration of grief and an exploration of what you do uh, with someone this powerful, how they navigate grief, this powerful, how they navigate trying to climb out of this hole. And then who is taking advantage of her in her grief? You know, we've seen in the trailer, most recent trailers where Agnes says like, uh, who's, have you come to help us? Who's doing this? You know, this question of like, who is really making all of this happen? Cause yeah. We've seen in the trailers before that we think that it's Wanda doing it, but there may be a nefarious uh, uh, villain outside of this that hasn't been revealed yet who's making this happen. I do want to throw some... Oh, sorry, Mike. I I have a question, but please go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to make a point about her power set, to your point. Uh, One of the things that was a little bit wonky, but I feel like is now working to their advantage, is what exactly Wanda's powers are through the Mind Stone. Pietro, her brother, he could run fast. Vision is alive, he flies, he shoots a beam out of the Mind Stone. I get it. Wanda, in Age of Ultron, kind of had a, I'm going to touch you and give you visions with my witchy chaos powers. And then that kind of went away after Age of Ultron. And once the Russo brothers got a hold of her, she pretty much became like a super powerful uh, telekinetic. Like Mm -hmm. she was lifting things, controlling things, like using her abilities. And it worked for them. Like it worked for me. Like that was a great visual representation. I understand what she did. When Kevin Feige came out at the last Comic-Con we had, which was over a year ago now, and said, now she's really going to earn the name Scarlet Witch, we know that she's going to be in Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange, and by just the concept of what WandaVision is itself, it seems like they're expanding her power levels to encompass much more of the magical, mystical, like she's not, clearly she's, she's in a fucking Bewitched TV episode it's not just telekinesis anymore. So I do think that uh, the way that they expand her power levels in WandaVision from where she started in Age of Ultron and where she went throughout the, the movies, I think that's going to be a big key part uh, and a big watching way, the way they explain that in WandaVision is going to be a big key towards exploring some of the more magical avenues that the MCU is going to start diving into. We know that they're yeah. going into vampires with Blade. We know, like, There's a yeah. lot that's happening that's getting more to the magical, mystical side, and I think she is sort of key to a lot of that. Yeah, I want to ask you guys what you think we'll see. Look, they've bought X-Men. They've bought uh, uh, Fantastic Four. They've said this is going to relate to the multiverse. The multiverse is the key word there of madness, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, all of that. But of course, we just talked a little bit before we started this, uh, the main topic here about Black Panther, Victor Von Doom, which of course is connected to Fantastic Four. Is there a possibility that we see little Easter eggs throughout this WandaVision that connect? Do we see Magneto's helmet? Remember, people might not know this. Magneto is the father of Wanda and Pietro. Does Pietro come back? Does Aaron Taylor Johnson have a cameo as Quicksilver in this? What do we have overall that we're going to see i i just think now that they've purchased it will there be an x thing as a kind of a shout out will there be a wolverine clause will there be something that gets alluded to throughout that or fantastic is the number four going to be there you know like all those things could be presented here that's the kind of um show they seem to have set up that it can go multiple different directions because she is so powerful she can create multiple alternate realities at the same time uh do you guys anticipate that we'll see things like that in the series no, uh, okay. I, I, I think okay. I, I think that uh, I actually I think the idea that maybe we see Pietro like getting getting him to come back and 
and B, her, like, I think that since she's dealing with loss and that is a huge part of her past, that I think is actually really interesting. Okay. Uh, I would be super excited if that happened. Uh, and I could, but I could see that when it gets into Magneto's helmet, Wolverine claws, X, anything like that. I, I'm really curious how they're going to handle this. Like for, for anyone who doesn't know, I think most of our listeners would know this, but if you happen to not, uh, in the comics, as John said, uh, Wanda and Pietro are mutants. That's where yep. their powers come from. Yep. They're Magneto's kids. Uh, but when Fox owned mutants and Marvel kept Avengers and Wanda and Pietro also have been Avengers in the comics, somehow nobody made a call on that. So both sides got them. (laughs) So, so that's where you can have quick, you can have Pietro show up in, uh, X-Men first, first class. Is he in first class? Days of Future Past. Past. Uh, you can have Pietro show up in Days of Future Past and imply that he is Magneto's son. And you have Pietro show up in Age of Ultron and he's not. And so I think that just given where the MCU has brought these characters from, they're from Sokovia. They got their powers through the Mind Stone. They're not mutants. That being so, I, so I think that we're not going to get into any past mutant stuff. Like I don't think okay. that there's going to be a Magneto helmet. All that being said, we have no idea where mutants are coming from. True. Maybe they're coming through some portal, and there's a whole mul- there's a whole other universe where mutants exist, and they're coming to our world. In which case, I think Wanda and Wanda would never be a mutant. Or the Eternals are going to do something to spark human evolution. Or Wanda's magic itself is going to cause mutants to... Ha- like, are they going to reverse House of Emmet? Like, in House mm-hmm. of M, yeah. uh, the comic that uh, that is very... One of Wanda's main comic book things, which everybody should check out. Yeah. It's, she creates an entire reality where mutants are ruling the world. Uh, is her reality warping powers in WandaVision somehow going to cause mutants to come into existence? Maybe that's what it'll be. So I don't think we're going to get Easter eggs in the way that you're saying, like any reference to anything that already exists. But I do think the way that they treat Wanda could give us a hint towards where mutants will be coming from potentially. I promise not to text you all in capital letters. Called it when we see Magneto's helmet in the first couple. <laughs> By the I- way... Much like, much like your Mandalorian semi-spoiler, I say that, I, I really do think that that is, I, I don't think they'll go down that road. This is one of those areas where if I'm wrong, I'm more than happy to be wrong. Yeah, like I, right. if, I, yeah. if, I see, if I see any of the things that you just named, I'll, I'll get really excited, I'll geek out, and then I'll go, wait, this doesn't make sense, and I'll wait to see how they explain it. But I would be happy to be wrong. I don't think I am, though. So okay. I, I do think Aaron Taylor Johnson, I really hope he's going to show up. Yeah. I really hope he, he will be able to pop in for an episode. As far as the helmet, I, I don't know if it'll specifically be the helmet. I do think there is going to be, there is a possibility of some sort of Easter egg related to Magneto. Like the, like the Wolverine claws, anything else with X-Men, not really. But thinking about the characters that she is connected to. Yeah. Now, like the Mind Stone they can retcon that and say that the Mind Stone activated the mutant X gene in these two people. And that's that's the people who who survived these experiments with the Mind Stone. It's like, oh, if you have the mutant X gene, that's what you're able to do. As as far as her in Age of Ultron controlling people's, not controlling people's minds, but giving them the visions, I don't necessarily think that went away. I okay. think that probably she stopped doing that as a result of her work with the Avengers. Them saying, listen, if you have to fight someone, you have to fight someone. Getting in someone's head, that is wrong. Right. And, yeah, that's and, fair. Okay. And, that's fair. I, and, and I think Mike could be right that whatever she does in terms like now that she doesn't necessarily have 
uh, a good influence around her. She's taking some time to herself. She yeah. is exploring how powerful she is. She could be the one that activates the mutant next gene, but I think it's probably, in reality, I think it's probably a little early for that to happen. I don't think that'll happen, but I think it could be, story-wise, I think it would make sense. Okay, all right. Mike? Oh, it doesn't say. I think, I th- and I think, like, look, if you are someone who's only ever watched the Marvel movies, we've just kind of gone through the list of, like, this is the story of them. When you get to the comics, I think the only thing that you're, mi- like, Wanda and Vision's origins, a little different, as we've been talking about with the mutant thing with Wanda. Uh, you know, Vision was built by Ultron. Like, there's, there's, there's slight differences, but more or less the characters are the characters that you know. The big yep. thing that happened in the comics uh, that I think is definitely going to be a big part of this is Wanda and Vision did fall in love, like they did in the yep. MCU. Um, they can't have kids because Vision be a robot. Uh, and the, so Wanda <laughs> used her, um, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, uh, Vig- but Wanda used her uh, chaos magic, her reality warping powers. Right. And basically, and, and also I think this could become an important piece of WandaVision, used slivers of Mephisto, who is a Marvel villain who is sort of a devil who lives in his own pocket hell dimension, but isn't really the devil. It's hold it. He's a demon. Yeah. He's magic, magic, magic bad guy used right. slivers of his soul and her reality warping powers to give her and Vision two children uh, named Billy and Tommy. Yeah. And when everybody fixed reality and they went away and Mephisto reabsorbed them and she didn't have kids, yeah. she went totally crazy, which is the thing that kicks off this whole House of M arc that she's very famous for. Um, by looking at the trailers for WandaVision, uh, oh, and then I should say, and we've talked about this, if you are Geek Buddies listeners, you've heard us talk about this because we geek out about it. Later on, two children were born in real life, Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepard, who were the reincarnated versions of her kids. So they're kind of Wanda's kids, they're kind of not, but they are two of the key members of the Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have seen enough hints in the WandaVision trailers to know that they are having kids in this warped reality that she's potentially creating. Uh, It looks like it is Billy and Tommy. And as we've talked about, it does seem like the Marvel Universe is going in that Young Avengers direction. So that's definitely a piece that we haven't explored in the MCU yet that's pretty key to their story in the comic books that I think we're really going to dive into as well. What do you guys think about the Monica Rambeau situation? We see her now coming back. Of course, she's Spectrum. She's Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel uh, for a little bit of time as well in the history of the comic books. Do we think, what is her connection going to be in all of this? What is her part of this? We see in the, tra- in the most recent trailer where, you know, uh, Wanda asks her, like, what do you, or Scarlet Witch asks her, what do you, what do you do? Who are you? And she says, I don't know. And then they cut quickly to the laughing and smiling thing. So, like, what, how is she getting sent into this thing? To try to go and 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 this could be that we don't have a villain that we actually have someone who's trying to get Wanda out of this place that she's in and is being seen as a villain uh, through her prism because of what she's experiencing in her grief. So that's a possibility too. So what's her role? Do you think that uh, that what do you think her role is going to be in this situation, Mike? Uh, I don't, uh, Kevin Feige in the whole press junket that went on in the past week, uh, he said there's a specific reason why they're introducing Monica Rambeau now. Mm. Uh, so I, so it's, I, I don't know what that reason is. You know, as Johnny said, when we last saw her, she was a little girl in the Captain yeah. Marvel movie, which took place in the 90s. Uh, her mom, Maria Rambeau, was uh, one of Carol's best friends. So that's the last time we saw her. She's now all grown up. 
we presume she's working with Sword, which is the uh, which I which will hopefully be introduced here, which is the new version of Shield. Yep. Um, and so we're not quite sure, but I'm really curious to see how they use her and what her, what they reveal about her story from the last time we saw her, which was yeah. as a little girl. And we do know that this actress, uh, Teona Paris, is going to be playing Monica Rambeau in Captain Marvel 2 right. as well. So whatever's going on here is going to tie into her role in Captain Marvel 2, where she, you know, it's, uh, is going to be maybe best friends with her mom's best friend. We'll see what happens. But So I don't know exactly what uh, her deal is and why she's the one that seems like she's going into this TV universe, but doesn't quite know. Like, it's it's really interesting. Um, but like I said, Kevin Feige was like, there's a reason why they decided to use this specific character and not just somebody else. Good point, good point. Any yeah. final thoughts? Shannon, go ahead. Well, yeah, I would assume that, like, I don't know if she's necessarily working for S.W.O.R.D. because I don't know if Jimmy mm-hmm. Woo is working for S.W.O.R.D. But whatever organization right. Jimmy Woo is working for, I'm assuming that's what Manic- Monica Rambeau is doing as well. And Kat uh, Dennings. Right, her character and, ca- well. and Cat Dennings, yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Yeah, in addition, who, who I guess we should... have seen in any of the promotional yeah. materials, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we have. I guess we should say, uh, in addition to fall, if you were really going to be a completionist, in addition to watching, uh, to Shannon's point, the end credits of Winter Soldier, uh, Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, Monica Rambeau is in Captain Marvel, uh, a young Monica Rambeau, Darcy yep. Lewis, uh, which is who Kat Dennings plays, is in the first two Thor movies, yep. and Randall Park plays Agent Jimmy Woo in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, in typical MCU fashion, all of these characters from different parts of the Marvel Cinematic Universe are coming together in this uh, show that's kicking off Phase 4. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> is, the, the, we have experience with Jimmy Woo and, and, uh, and uh, Kat Dennings Sorry, Jimmy Woo and Darcy Lewis. We have experience with those two. We don't have experience with the Monica Rambeau as an adult. Right. So that's going to be interesting because those two are quirky people in their respective sections of the MCU. Is Monica Rambeau the more serious one to balance out the quirkiness? Because it's an interesting trio to bring together to try to find a way to get Wanda out of this situation or where whatever yeah, totally. she's experiencing. But it does also lead to some very funny moments, which is why the sitcom vibe is there and why you put these characters together who are experienced in doing sitcoms, of course, uh, uh, with Randall Park on Fresh Off the Boat and uh, um, Two Broke Girls for Cat Dennings and other shows as well. So, yeah. Uh, all right, that's it from us. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining us. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, look, we are clearly super excited to talk with you guys about all the fun stuff that we've got coming up. And, uh, the thing that you can do to help us if you enjoy listening to all the things we do, uh, is help get the word out on Geek Buddies. So here are some things that you can do that are super simple and easy. Uh, you can click that like button below. Uh, you can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw page where there is tons of good content, not just with us, but with other people too. Uh, and then if you are listening to us on, uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, 
or Anchor uh, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Uh, give us a rating, leave a comment. It helps us go up in the rating so other people can find us. And the most important thing that you guys can do is share this video, post it on Twitter, post it on Facebook, text it to your friends. Be like, hey, I didn't know this about WandaVision. Listen to what these three crazy guys said. And of course, as we say every week, leave some comments below. Let us know what you thought. Uh, leave some F-bombs for Shannon. He really clearly loves them. He loves them. Uh, we respond to everything. We love to get back to you guys. We love to engage. And so let's just keep the conversation going. Absolutely. Couldn't uh, agree with both these two gentlemen more. Thank you all so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Geek Buddies. And don't forget, uh, Saturday, dropping our WandaVision reviews. And then we'll be back next week with another episode of the... Fucking Geek... <laughs> Bodies! <laughs> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.